0: Hi and welcome to the Online Education Pod, a podcast produced by SUMA. I'm Alex, your host. In this podcast series, we have talked a lot about B2B decision makers. But who are these people? And what influenced them? That's what we're gonna talk about with Anderson and Stellan today in this episode. Really hope you enjoy it, and that, it's time to roll the jingle. How are you, uh, Anders?
1: I'm very well, thank you, Alexander. How are you?
0: I'm good, I'm good. And Stellan? I'm great, thank you. What have you uh, been thinking about this week, Stella? What's your... Uh, have you any new Ooh. insights? or? Uh, um... uh, yeah, that's
2: a very good question. Um, I have been uh, I've been balancing uh, work life this week with a short trip to uh, Stockholm, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so one insight is that uh, it's twenty twenty one, and we're talking about high speed rail that is going to do two hundred and fifty kilometers an hour. I'm more of I'm <laughs> more of a Hyperloop person. So, like, where is the actual incentive to put a hyperloop in place in sweden we It would be awesome. I spent five hours in a car going to to Stockholm from Gothenburg, and it's the two biggest cities here in Sweden. so um I don't see why you can't do that with a thousand kilometers an hour in a tube instead um and then you could actually live in one place and commute to the other place and so on and uh, yeah that that would be my. Thought of the week, perhaps,
0: Which would something you could have on your property as well? Then, going from another,
2: <laughs> yeah, from <laughs> one building to another.
0: <laughs> and Anders, have you any any thoughts? Uh, I, I I've seen that you share started to share a thought on LinkedIn. Is it each day or?
1: I'm experimenting with uh, either a thought, and like yesterday, um, asking for a friend. That's one thing I would say fantastic how some transportation distribution and logistics company are progressing in uh, understanding how it is to be me had deliveries every day the last week privately, and some of them really, really impressed me in everything from how they keep me posted and how I can affect the timings and so on. That's uh, something that I bring from this week that if I look at traditional industrial B2B companies, are they aware of how their customers now get spoiled by some logistics and distribution companies and that they will compare with the deliveries in b2b very very shortly and it goes fast and it's good even even a old swedish owned by the state company is progressing in a very very high speed and as bad they are as good they are beginning to get interesting i think
0: yeah that's great so um some episodes we have talked about b2b decision makers and uh it was actually a friend of mine who who listened to the pod who um who asked like who are these b2b decision makers so i thought we could uh, spend some time digging into who are these people who are b2b decision makers and and, and how do you uh, think about what's what's going on in their mind and and how do you when you do online strategies uh, and, and content how how do, should you think to reach these decision makers so um so starting with you and like could you explain who who are b2b decision makers
1: good question by by a friend and would be fantastic if she or he after this episode can get back with if we answer the question Role wise, it's CEOs, CFOs, CMOs and um, then it's a bit different what what they call each other. But but um, CSOs meaning sales offices uh, or the commercial offices and actually sometimes the COOs, that's the one that we talk about. Um, and and responsibility-wise, from mid-sized to to sort of listed global companies, that's role-wise. Uh, do you agree, Stellan? Who's who's sort of who we talk about yeah. when we talk about decision makers? Yeah. And and then depending on the the size of the company, as we have said many times in this pod, if there is a real owner around and then i do not mean the stock market then i mean if there's a real owner around that's usually the main decision uh, maker in a private family owned company
0: and and stellan could you explain a bit about like generally who how is a decision made at um, at a b2b company i i know of course there are it varies uh, depending on the complexity complexity of the decision or so on. But uh, are there more people involved in a decision or?
2: Yeah, I think uh, like Martin did a take on this quite recently, where uh, you can actually see statistically that uh, there is a lot more people involved now in a decision than it used to be. Uh, Decision makers are are also younger than you think they are. Uh, And so that, of course, affects the the process of, of selling to these people. So uh, you can't just think about the decision-maker as a, sort of an isolated uh, person or uh, or per a few persons. You have to think about it as a group. Uh, and it contains also the people around the decision-makers. So it can be someone preparing the decision, uh, which would be more of an influencer. Uh, and it could also be the people who are ultimately going to use whatever it is that you're selling. So. Uh, you have to take that into account and and see it more as selling into a
0: group of people than to selling to an individual. Yeah, and anything to add there, Anders, about the decision process?
1: If I think in our case it's um, forty-five plus, at least one university degree, um, vast experience of being in um, listed companies, either just below the executive management team or in the management team that that's sort of usually who stella and i talk about when we talk about decision makers modern people fairly good moral and ethics and i think everyone that we talk about have um, a couple of things in common especially in the in the larger companies they know that they are a bit tired of talking about things that never happen and when they happen they are a bit slow and nobody can exactly point their finger on how to move on faster and become more successful with with the things that that i think many of them have in common and and then i know that 100 percent of them have a long history of non successful implementations of
0: software so uh, stellan uh, could you could you explain a bit about how does b2b decision making um how is it different compared to consumer decision making
2: um from an organizational standpoint uh, i don't necessarily think there is a difference Um, so you still have this group of people who make the decisions uh, and they're still called the cxls uh, and people around them Um, but from a uh, sort of individual standpoint and if you look at us as consumers if we are in b2c and b2b yeah i think decisions are made uh, differently Um, so in in b2c i would argue that um, we value sort of the comfort um and as Anders was talking about before, you know, yeah you're you're sort of getting spoiled with the with the, the options that you have and um uh, they're you know they're constantly improvements. Um I think you said Anders now that you were recently you were asked do you want your delivery to house number one or do you want it to house number two? Um and if you get it to house number one you can get it faster than if you get it to house number two and so on. So there is lots of, lots of these things, um, whereas in in B two B people don't have like or historically haven't had those expectations. You you sort of you kind of know that things would be a bit slow and you have to call some people and you have to order some stuff and maybe it will arrive in a couple of days and maybe it will get to the wrong address and so on. But I think as as like gradually uh, it, it will it will be less and less accepted and it's a. It's a competitive advantage if you sort of move ahead and and be more sort of consumer like. Uh, if I can order a, a you know a pizza and get it delivered to some kind of nowhere, like how come that I can't order a, a um, let's say a box of nails or whatever and, and get it delivered to a building site whenever I need it? So it's it's yeah it's kind of strange the differences
0: and there's how do you think when you communicate with um, marketing like content towards b2b decision makers what do you do you consider is it rational and emotional needs and uh, and such
1: mm. w- once more a bit how you think behind that but what it is that i'm gonna answer
0: yeah we have talked about who the decision makers are in general mm. at the b2b company now uh, talking about like inbound and content and uh when when you like formulate strategies and so on like what what do you consider about the decision maker and how to reach them
1: i mean in suma's case or you, you yeah know. in
0: suma's case and 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 something that could be applied to to other companies as well
1: I mean, with with a certain type of content, you, you, we, everyone needs to be able to answer whatever challenge, problem, or need that they have. Um, in in an episode before, we referred to that as knowledge content. We we might talk it whatever you want, um, but but content wise, if if I'm a CXO in a large company i never want to look bad (laughs) i never ever want to look bad and i want to be prepared but i have the same challenge as everyone has in life which is time and you take the shortcut you 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 actually search for the answer on on your problem and need so so whoever you are (laughs) and that's the same in b2c of course You need to provide the answers needed on the challenge or problem um, or need that they have. And secondly, um, which I believe that people sometimes as senders for making stuff like that available, if it seems relevant, if it seems credible, now I want to take the next step. So. I do not want to talk with a Jim or a Bob or whatever. I want to get in touch with the expert. It might be the same 30 seconds where I think, yeah, seems credible. Now I want to talk to someone. So from, from all perspectives, you need to think that at least one will use the chat. At least one wants to call you. At least one wants to book you immediately. At least one wants to be able to look at a video. At least one needs to find a customer case with a similar industry and challenge as I'm fronted with as the decision maker or whatever it is. I I think it's strange that we always talk about B2B as something, I mean, can be three to seven years before we do a deal. and Yeah, but it can be 30 seconds as it is when, when I go to my favorite shop in the world and decide to buy a guest guitar to have for my summer house. It's exactly the same thing. And we need to stop talking about in B2B that everything takes three to six months at least and three to seven years. Yes, it does. But when it happens, you need to be ready that at least one have demands like they have, let's call it in B2C. We have the habits. You agree, Stella?
2: Yeah, uh, completely. It's uh, yeah, the the, the sort of range of uh, of what we expect to be able to do is increasing. I mean, it's it's, we can go to something that is uh, closely uh, related to what everyone is doing and I think it's it's going from like one channel of TV to two to three to satellite TV to internet TV and then you have your you know subscriptions going um, I hardly remember how many different subscriptions I have to <laughs> many different packages but it's hundreds and hundreds of different shows and packages and stuff that I can that I can take part of through these subscriptions and um uh, I think it's uh, the same is true, you know, as Anders was pointing out.
1: And I mean, now I take another direction for three seconds. Yeah. Uh, Stellan, do you you know what I was watching through Instagram last night? I was watching from Slatan's home gym when he and his personal trainer were doing exercises, and I realized that I actually watched 20 minutes of a live uh, sort of, is it ITV yeah. on, on Instagram? A broadcast yeah, a broadcast live 20 minutes Slatan uh, exercising. Uh, I very seldom get a feeling that I want to exercise, but um, next time it's on, uh, you're going to get interested in exercising when you look uh, at Slatan's live show, so to speak. Um, and uh, why do we not broadcast this one live that we record today? Perhaps we should test that next Friday to do a live broadcast of our podcast recording of episodes. That might be fun.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Had nothing to do yeah, with I the I bet subject, there is but... at least one
2: person who wants to watch it live. So, yeah.
1: What was that, Salah?
2: Yeah, there's probably at least one person who wants to watch yeah, it live. So, so why not? it.
1: So if we want to live like we sort of preach, send it next week, Doug. Don't just sit there. Send it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we, we're gonna
2: we're gonna have to we have we're gonna have to censor ourselves as well. So we're gonna have these USB. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: Doug needs to sort of throw himself into the to to the long sentences and scream beep. <laughs>
0: we'll try that. Uh, the final question there. Um, Stella, you mentioned a bit about uh, there are decision makers and there are influencers. And um, if you are were working at a, a traditional B2B market and you were just about to, you had a, like a limited uh, budget to create content. Uh, who should you target? Who should you start to target here? the influencer group or or like directly to the decision makers and, and why
2: Ooh, it's a good question <clears throat> uh, if you have a relationship with the decision maker uh, in some sense it's a huge advantage so uh, then you can sort of reach out on a on a on a shoestring it's basically a zero budget uh, if you don't have a relationship with any of them um, you're going to have to somehow identify that there there is a need um and if you if you can't through you know 6 degrees of separation <laughs> um then you're going to have to work quite broadly then you're going to have to do some kind of uh, of abm style uh, approach on this where you where you try to sort of target the account as such so uh, whenever anyone from this uh, from this account is browsing LinkedIn, for example, you want to you want to pop up with a, a targeted message, um, and it's going to have to be a little bit different if it's decision makers versus the the influencers. So that that would be my spontaneous take on it.
0: Yeah, you would you do the same Anders?
1: Yes, and whatever business you are in, sorry for referring to everyone as suppliers to B2B. uh, You need to be interested in how it is to be a CFO. Uh, Once when I did interviews for a company where they needed commercial people who should front um, B2B, I always asked them, have you ever um, known or done business with a CFO of a company? That, that was one question. The other question was asking what their spouses did to find out if they actually lived with someone who was a CFO or working in finance. Because generally speaking, in an in a executive management team, a lot of people are dependable on the CFO, meaning everyone. And if, if you can make the CFO interested in something that the CFO is measured on, then uh, the train is rolling it's out of the station if you forget the cfo whatever you try to sell in in b2b difficult long term
0: so would you start with the cfo never
1: if i if i like stellen said if i know the cfo yes because the cfo is aware of all the processes and and the timings that are important in that company if i if i do not know the cfo and i perhaps know the ceo or the cmo or yeah, i don't know if cdos are still around but but um then i i make sure that the cfo is part of signing off things in whatever initiative they're gonna run um, because she or he is the accountant of if it will keep on being important or if it's just uh one-time project overloading everyone who already have full calendars
0: great thank you both very much
1: thank you alexander
0: thank you alex well thank you for listening to this episode if you like this podcast you can subscribe to it on spotify soundcloud or you can subscribe to it on summa.se Thank you very much and bye-bye.